It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. This is part three of three parts of this Deep Focus from February 17th, 2014. William Hooker in the studio with me, Larry Young, our topic. Larry Young is a musician who fascinates me. Um, I missed out on seeing him. He had passed away very young before I was around listening to the music. But, man, he shows up in such an interesting range of things. Not that many of them, really, but they are so varied and far-flung and fascinating. And he takes up such an interesting amount of space in all the things that he's a part of. And some of them are of great historical significance to music lovers. So, And he just doesn't sound like anybody. It's what William and I talk about here for three hours. I won't add anything more to it. I'll just tell you to please do enjoy this program. It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Golden. And skill. Go. And skill. Yeah. And integrity. You don't find that that often. And when you find it, you kind of really keep it a part of you and you keep it a part of yourself. And, and, and Mitch, thank you for letting me express this because um, this is a part of my life that that um, I try to tell people about and I, I really go off the deep end about it because it touches me so deeply. It has touched me so deeply. You know, and... and um, and I can't, I can't really express it. I can only express it in, in a musician's terms, and many musicians may understand it out there. Sometimes you find perhaps a bass player that you can really understand and touches your soul. Mm. And sometimes you walk into a hierarchy where at the top there's a master organist. Mm. And that master organist shakes your being. Yeah. And that's what happened with me. Let me I got a two part question for you, which is That's what happened with me. We're talking about this in the past tense. It happened in the past. Yeah. Was there you know, during this time that you're having this experience, this scene that was so rich and widespread and yeah. it's in neighborhoods, pockets of people all over this part of the country yeah. supporting this yeah. scene locally and yet it was on its way disappearing right within a it was, short it amount was of time a, no no it wasn't disappearing uh, why do you mean it was on its way to disappear how do you mean well i mean within 10 years 15 years it was dissipating right i mean the scene kind of it got swallowed up its course got in many cases up. it got swallowed up by rock and roll yeah it got swallowed up by rock and roll the organist, the organist became more, more, became less and less relevant as a bassist and a guitarist became more and more relevant. Yeah, yeah. Were people, were the musicians on the scene aware of this sea change that was coming, or one never sees it until? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. you and, the, and I mean, you know, you get those two shots in the back of the head, and and no one sees it coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, like... well, well, it's just that you, you don't see a lot of things coming. But right. in a positive sense, in a positive sense, um, I can remember like 15 years old, I couldn't get into a club. Yeah. And I can remember going down to the Monterey. And if people know anything about New Haven, New Haven, Connecticut, it's just off, just off of like Yale. Mm. 
And once you walk outside the Yale campus where all these people, this group of elite people were, yeah. you go into you go into you go into the black community. Yeah. And I went I went down there and I couldn't get in because I I was too young. I couldn't drink or whatever. Right. One dude did get in though. And I stood outside watching this dude, and I said, at that point, you know, some, some other stuff is going on. That was Tony Williams. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This place called the Monterey. That's right. I mean, that was like an eye-opener. That was an eye-opener. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I say these things because as you, as you grow and as you – those are the positive things that happen. I kind of tend to dwell on the positive things. That's I don't good. tend to think about the person that's going to walk up by me and shoot me in the head. I'm sorry about well, that. Well, <laughs> you know, I figure, you know. Maybe that, that's why we're, we're, we have our simpatico. <laughs> I know. Neither one of us is looking. But, but, you but, bring the light. I, I'll bring the dark. I'm telling you, yeah, you can't think. You, I, I never would think the, that way because in in my case, no. But I mean, I'm curious. I was just uh, if that kind of hovered over the scene at all. I mean, it's it's hard to look question. back on that and let not me think about that one aware. right now. Let me think about that one right now. We always see it in hindsight, you know, obviously. But uh, no, I think that what you're saying is absolutely correct. I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. It might not. There became less and less people who understood tunes, understood changes, understood how to really play in a in a variety of different ways. And the and the crowd started to change as well. The crowds wanted more more current music as opposed to straight ahead burning music like we were playing. And those crowds tended to dictate who was playing, who got jobs, who were the leading bands. And yeah, we did. We were aware of that. We were really aware of that in a great sense. Um, and the people that you could depend on when uh, musicians weren't there, they became less and less as well. Mm. Because, because at a certain point, you could find an organist. After that, you couldn't find organists that many. You couldn't find that many organists. Or if you could find them, they had very, very relative... They had very, very... Um, their skills were not up to what I myself had seen. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We had, a couple, we had a couple of people. I'll give you an example. Yeah. We had one guy. Sometimes we'd have to call him. He was the last resort. He was called <laughs> F Sharp. F Sharp. We called this guy, right? Because maybe, you know... <laughs> But all they knew how to play was all the black keys. Right. <laughs> so that means that every song he played, it was in F sharp. He can play all the he can play all the songs, but every song he played, all he played was black keys. Right. And I'm looking at the horn player, and the horn player's like looking at me like, what? What is what? What? What's going on? He, the horn player, he was he was goofing in a way, but we liked this guy. But all he could play was the black keys, and I'm like. What's happening? So, and then we had another guy. All he could play was um, if they asked him to play a song. If they asked him to change up and play different kinds of songs, he would always play Sunny. Uh -huh. That's all he would play. 
And he would change the beat. So he would think it was rock and roll. It was very, it was very funny. It was very funny. Or you go to play a club and, um, uh, you know, the organist would be there playing. And then all of a sudden we'd be playing this music that was just so, um, we would be playing, um, I, I'm trying to think of some of the music we play. Um, Jeez, Cannibal Adderley. Right, sure. A uh, song for my father. That's yeah. a that's an incredibly beautiful song that yeah. you play the, with the organ. But never like Larry Young, though. I can't even imagine how Larry Young would play a song for my father. He would just take it to the I don't know, song for the the hierarchy universe. Or something. <laughs> I didn't tell everybody what that last piece was that we heard, by the way, which was so distinctive. Yes. Uh, that's from the album Contrasts, right. one of the great Larry Young albums on the Blue Note label. And uh, not exactly sure when this one was recorded, but not too uh, far from the previous one that we heard uh-huh. of 66. Uh, and the ensemble this time, Hank White on the flugelhorn, Tyrone Washington, tenor saxophone, Herb Morgan is back on tenor, uh, our man Larry Young on organ, of course, Eddie Wright, guitar, Eddie Gladden on the drums, listed as Edward Gladden here, uh-huh. uh, Stacy Edwards, Conga, and that was Althea Young, Mrs. Larry Young, right. was the vocalist on Wild is the Wind, a popular song of the day. And uh, mostly Larry Young originals on this album. One Tyrone Washington song. and That's uh, an incredible song. Is that Evening? Tender Feelings. Oh, yeah. Tender, tender Feelings. I remember that. I remember that as well. Maybe we can get to that because that brings out something. You see all of these records you have here? All these records, when I moved to California, I, I had this record collection that was just incredible. It was an incredible record collection. And I walked in the house one day, and somebody had robbed me of all the records. But they didn't really steal the records. They just broke all the records. What? Yeah, they broke them all. That's ESP discs, actual BYGs, Oof. European Fontanas. Oh, they man. just broke the records. What was their problem? That's terrible. I was just trying to share music. Yeah. See? Well, William, you, you come over anytime. I hope so. Come anytime. I hope so. Listen to my because, records. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> that was a sad day. That was must have just been like the floor dropping out from under you. Yeah, I had every single Larry Young record that you oh, have here. I have, I had them all. Yeah, but you know, wow, that happens. Well, these are beautiful objects. They are, and you can read them. Yeah, you can see them. Great photos. Great, yeah. great photos. That's. Uh, that looks like uh, Kodachrome. You don't see that look, that what color, the way, the color distribution, the way the colors look in that oh, photo Kodachrome. looks to me like uh, Kodachrome was a composition of that Kodak had come up with that oh. they only stopped making in the last few years. It started, I think, 20s or 30s, and a lot of... Uh, I got to remember that. Yeah, it's got a distinctive kind of... I'll, I'm going to remember that. Kodachrome. Kodachrome. So, William, how would you like your record? I want it in Kodachrome. Yes. To look at me like, get away from me. One of the great things about Kodachrome, it practically does not fade. So you could look at 50-year-old Kodachrome slides, and they are undiminished, which is kind of cool. So this, that looks... Very cool. That's got that look. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. this is uh, great, great new insight and new understanding of Larry Young I have mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. 
Let's give the folks some more music. What do you think? All right. Yeah. Sure. Where do we go? We got. Uh, we can go. We can go where where we can go where you've been wanting to go for the last two <laughs> two hours true. in twenty minutes. Okay. You're listening to WKCR FM New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. William Hooker is my guest. We call the show Deep Focus, and the subject of Deep Focus tonight is the great Larry Young. Now I brought a few things. You know, I go through the archives and yes. find unreleased recordings uh-huh. and uh, do have some gems. We heard that Tony Williams earlier. We also have something that we have aired here, but it's still still new every time I listen to it. What is it? Um, recordings Larry Young made in the studio with Jimi Hendrix. Oh, really? Then you were, uh, you poo-pooed, William. You poo-pooed. <laughs> what? But maybe Why? we can... Why? Maybe I was, uh, maybe I was just... Uh thinking about something. <laughs> Should we try it? Why not? Oh, man. Okay, so... I'm ready now. There are those who uh, may have issues with this being presented in a context of a jazz recording. Well, let me ask you a show, question. Let me ask you a question. Please. Who's on this record? I think what we're going to hear is uh, Jimi Hendrix on guitar, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, Larry Young playing the organ and a drummer who I think let me see if I have some notes on this Uh Um, might be uh, no this is actually different different I don't know I don't know okay might be Mitch Mitchell I I got a question yes no someone told me all right well I won't say what's that but um question was this done at Electric Ladyland Studio? There's a couple of different sessions, actually, I think. There's the one that's more familiar to people. There's one came out on an album called Nine to the Universe that uh, Warner Brothers put out in But Larry Young wasn't on that. Uh, Larry Young is on that, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's uh, stuff that was really got a brief release in in the 70s. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that's at the record plant. And then there's the another plant. session that uh, might be uh, might record be Electric plant. Lady. Electric Lady didn't open until shortly before Hendrix. Because you died. know a lot of people were used to go to that power station. Yes, on yes. Fifty Third Street, right across the street from where I was. Yeah, where I live. Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. They used to go to it's power now station. Now Avatar. Okay, okay. But yeah, record plant was also in the neighborhood. It was the same. Right. And, right. uh, and Jimmy was there, Hendrix was there a lot before he built Electric, Electric Lady, which is still on West 8th Street. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. So I think this is the record Thank plant. You. Let's Thank see you. what we All got. Right. See yeah. what you think. Absolutely. You, you were dismissive, but... Uh, no, no. See, see, I was just I was just sowing my oats. <laughs> You're listening to WKCR. This is great. This is great stuff. Okay. Larry Young. Pay attention to Larry Young on the organ. All right.
That is a live studio recording of Larry Young playing with Jimi Hendrix. And uh, we've been here for a couple of hours exploring Larry Young. Yeah. William Hooker. Yeah. Not not impressed. <laughs> well, um, Based on our off-mic conversation. Uh, <laughs> I'm not it's dep- not the full I'm flower. I got to tell you, you have uh, opened my ears and opened my mind to Larry Young, the the innovator, innovator, sonic thinker. Great, and I would have to agree that he doesn't. This music does not express the full flower of that the way his finer studio recordings do. Right, I got to agree with you on that. Right, but I still. Do you think that it has anything to do with he's not the leader on those recordings? Uh, you know, I mean that's a that's a totally legitimate criticism. I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it from your point of view now, but uh, I still it feels to me like uh, two guys with uh, broad, distinct but overlapping musical language, seeing where they sure. come together. And sure. they sound like uh, they sound like equals jamming together in the studio to me. It doesn't feel okay. like, I think, I think Jimi Hendrix craved the opportunity to play with people with yeah. skills beyond his. And oh, absolutely, it's fun, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fun. Um, Jimi Hendrix called me up to play, I would, I would go. <laughs> right. I said, yeah, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, I'll give it to you, He's. it's not, the, yeah, uh, it's fun. It's not the ultimate expression of what Larry Young was capable of. I will. I think I'll so. Give you that. All right then, because you know it's good to agree on that because um, there's too much of his music that a lot of people have never heard. Very true. You don't have to pull out rarities and unreleased things to get Larry Young's music that people don't know. There's about. too much of his music that has not never been reissued. And yet, although I will say, let me tell you, dear listener, the Blue Note recordings, which I would say, how many? Are, all of them? They, I think, have all been reissued. They did a, I really? think they did a twelve-disc reissue a few years ago. Okay. So if you're really hungry for it, you'll find it, and it has at least a number of them have been issued on CD. Originally, uh-huh. that of uh-huh. course from the LP era. They sound spectacular. I can imagine. I mean, the stuff we've been listening to, not that Hendrix thing that we just played, but yeah. stuff that we played earlier, um, uh-huh. the the Blue Note That's CD there. sounds That's there. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll find the stuff if you go looking right, for then. it. Okay. Um, but this next thing, no, you won't find it. You won't, f- right you won't find This is from the KCR archives. This is Tony Williams' lifetime once again. From the KCR archives. What an archive. You guys are incredible. (laughs) I don't know how you can find anything in there. We even have William Hooker's music in there. I don't I don't know how you could find anything in there. I really I have no clue. Really, seriously. You must go into the archives a lot though. We keep all the LPs in size order. (laughs) I had to think about that one. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, but really, though. Uh, Filed under miscellaneous. You have some stuff. You have some stuff we do. that's incredible. We do. Got back to, I think there are literally Edison cylinders in there. I'm not even exaggerating about uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. And, of course, you know, open reels and uh, right. 78s and right. all the way on up. And, yes. and things that are found, some things that are literally found no place else. Now, where did you find the one you're getting ready to play? This, How did you come across that? 
Uh, well, there are collectors that have been circulating this stuff on the underground. You know them? You know these I people? I can find them. Is that what you? They find me. <laughs> is that what you? Is that what you got? This? Yes. This? Really? Yes. Now this actually was broadcast. I think on WNEW, which was a commercial FM rock and roll station right. in New York in 1969, and some wise person committed it to reel to reel tape. What year is this now? We're getting 1969. And so, this is the, at the Village Gate. At the Village Gate, which now, if you're a more recent New Yorker and you're LPR, yeah, you know it as Le Poisson Rouge. Yeah, which was uh, part of. It's actually remarkable that it's intact. But that was the Village Gate, which, William, in your experience and in my experience, was one of the go-to venues. Right. And uh, back before my time, it was also a place you'd hear Thelonious Monk. and I visited of... that place very briefly. I saw Miles Davis's group. Yeah, he played yeah. there. Yeah, I saw him there. A bunch of times. I didn't see him there, but I saw yeah. lots of great shows. Yeah, that was an incredible room. Yeah. And you you go to Le Poisson Rouge on Bleecker Street today. That's that's the same space essentially, although it's reconfigured a little bit. I hear you. But I'm 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 up. I'm up. Let's go. Yes. So this is early lifetime. I think it's just Tony Williams, uh-huh. John McLaughlin, okay, and Larry Young. Okay, great. So you're gonna hear any bass you hear. I think it's Larry, unless uh, I hope so. McLaughlin's. Well, well, it, it's okay. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Yeah. All right. Come on, everybody. It's getting the way back machine. I'm open. I'm open. You're listening to WKCR. William Hooker is playing Thursday night. This is a free concert. This is fantastic. This is a this you know this is why you put up with all the things you do living in New York City because on Thursday night you can go for free right in this beautiful space. It's going to be 50 degrees. Oh man. You, It'll be 50 degrees. I'll tell you where you want to be. You want to be at 62nd Street and Broadway. right there, Broadway, Columbus right. Ave, right there. Yeah. Right across the street from uh, the campus of Lincoln Center is this Rubenstein Atrium, which is, you can buy tickets there. They have box office, a little sandwich place. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they do these great events in the evening free. Yeah. You just have to have the... You have to have the will to walk in the door. You have yeah. to know about it. Otherwise, why do you live in New York? Why do you live in New I York? I mean, really, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's terrible. To me, it makes no sense it's to sit in the house, in go New to York. work, <laughs> stay in the house, and then turn on TV and watch it, and then next day get up. And I mean, you're in New York. Are you kidding? Yeah. No, you want to be you know, it's, yeah, where I, there are ideas and food for your Like-minded soul. people? Yes. Yes, you want to be in the Rubenstein Atrium, David yeah. Rubenstein uh, Atrium yeah. at uh, 62nd and Broadway, and it's uh, it's a free show, 7.15, Thursday night. The film is the silent film, Body and Soul, created by the great Oscar Michaud. If you don't know about this guy, well, you want to take a little stroll through Google and find out about this Tell guy. Tell him how to spell his name. M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. Exactly. Now, Michaud. what kind of a name do you think that is? That is a very French-sounding name. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Oscar's not Oscar's not a French... No, but that Michaud is kind of interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's Especially, very... yeah, there's a great backstory. Go on, go on, Mitch. Tell Mitch. Us. I'm listening. I don't know. Well, the, so this is a silent film that William's creating in the moment that you see it and hear it, new music, live. In, in the old days... 
when you went to silent film see a silent film you heard an organ player that's true playing creating music in the moment yeah an organ player but now you're going to hear william with a large double ensemble right right playing it live yes there's a 45 minute section and then there's a five minute changeover then we go into the second section and afterward we're going to have a conversation with the audience members and the people who have watched the film as well and uh I, I have a few people that are coming. They are, uh, they are historians, film historians. And uh, it's going to be a very, very lively conversation, a beautiful conversation. Filmmakers, photographers, musicians, people that are steeped in black history because this is Black History Month. And I, I, uh, I, I'm just feeling great about it because the, the place has the, has the kinds of, has the resources that it takes to do this film and this person justice. Yes. That's one thing that you don't you don't always find that. Yeah. You don't always find that. And you don't always find the kind of respect that some of the people um, at Lincoln Center, Bill Bragan specifically, has given to um, this presentation. And they are as excited as I am to to have me there. And that's something that uh, you find in terms of the music that we're doing, and the musicians can attest to it, the musicians are excited as well because to be respected and to really be treated as artists in America, is, 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 it's, it's becoming rarer and rarer. Yeah. And, and these people are doing it, they're doing it right. They're doing how, it right. William, how important is the audience? In that experience, you're talking oh about. Oh my God! You just hit. You just hit it. You just hit something that I've grown to realize, Mitch. That is very, very profound. I've grown to realize it through my own experiences. The ups and downs of one place you play. There's people around the corner, and the next place you play, there's nobody there. And this this uh, this kind of attitude, I mean, this kind of condition, um, it colors the people that I play with. Mm-hmm. It colors many of the musicians' lives, especially if your identity is wrapped into being a musician mm. only mm. or if your interests are only about music when when nobody acknowledges the great talent you have or the talent you have it works on you yeah it works on you um i've i have not been in that situation and or, or i have been in that situation many times and and it's it, sometimes it's made me very very bitter but in other cases it's made me almost ecstatic so I've realized, I've realized that uh, the audience is super important. I mean, really. The audience is super important. The audience is... Um, That's you he's talking about, by the, the energy. <laughs> he's talking about you. <laughs> he's talking about you. The energy. Not, this isn't like going to the movies. <laughs> this isn't like sitting in the movie theater, which is fun. This is, you're actually part of the show. That's right. You're actually half the show. And, and I'm so excited about the fact that that we have this conversation that's going to go on after this film of 1925. Yeah. 
because I was actually I've actually seen people, older people, that actually are telling me about things of when they grew up down south and what it was like and. And they, were, and they were sharing these ideas with other people, and you could find different attitudes about what what this condition is, why these conditions persisted, why certain things happen today, what are the kind of things that color all of this um, crazy stuff about culture, race, class, mm. economics, mm. all these things, and religion. Mm. Um and and uh, just to have the audience there experiencing it gives us a different energy, number one. It's a beautiful communal energy. And just to have them have the opportunity to express how they feel is also something that I, I, I take very seriously because I really would like to know from people that are there. I want to learn from them as well. And that's, that's an opportunity for, for all of us to learn from each other for free. Thursday night, yeah, Lincoln Center, the David Rubenstein Atrium. The film is Body and Soul, directed by Oscar Michaud, produced and directed, I can say, and the music will be created for you in the moment by William Hooker. Featuring the great Paul Robeson. Oh, yes, yes. Who, if you don't know about him, well. That's a whole story in yeah, itself. Yeah, Google that one, too. But, you know, the other thing that I always tell people, uh-huh. we find these fantastic archive recordings and we carry them out from the archives on our silver platter yeah. and blow the dust off of them and yeah. marvel at them and think about that moment hearing you tell that story about walking into Ungano's and getting blasted against the back wall by <laughs> Larry Young and people are like man how come I never I don't get to hear things like that well you know let's face it you got to kiss a few toads. <laughs> you don't, there's all those gigs you don't necessarily talk about that weren't quite as amazing as that. But if you go out and you seek out that experience yeah. and you try these different things and live with the music and be part of the audience, one day, one day you'll find yourself looking back on that moment. That's 40 years ago. I don't mean to make you sound old. No, you're absolutely right. Was it? I think it was. Yeah. I think it was. It really was. Because, I mean, when did Larry Young pass away? He passed away 35 years ago. Wow. So someday you'll be talking about this thing that happened decades ago, and people will say, wow, you were there? Yeah. Oh, man, I've got a T-shirt with him on it. And most immediately, and most immediately, it'll give people energy to be able to deal with this week that's coming up. Yes, yes. Really? I mean, we've been into some cold stuff lately, folks. I don't know if you've been around. It's not been pretty. Yeah. And (laughs) really, it's been very, I mean, you know, being trapped in a snowstorm is crazy. We put up with a lot. And then you're going to have this night that's, it's going to be almost 50. Oh, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. Get there. Get really get there. Get there and just share it with us. I mean, Mm. I mean, there's really nothing like sharing the music and sharing this film. And, and there's nothing like it. It's, it's a beautiful experience. America needs more of that. Thursday night. It's free. That's a good thing. Let somebody else pay for it for once. (laughs) You get like, you get to be, you're the star of the show. You get to, Take that ride. Right. 
715 mm-hmm. at the Rubenstein Atrium at Lincoln Center. It's actually right across the street from the campus. In the, it's where you go to buy tickets nowadays. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is a treat. I can't believe this happens to me every time. Three hours seems like a vast experience. That's because we have fun together, (laughs) Mitch. We have fun together. We really do. You know, if we lock that studio door, we don't have to let anybody come in. We can just keep going. (laughs) Mitch, I'm telling you, you know, it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing. It's like it's like you and me seeing each other on the street. Mitch, what's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, William. Yeah, I got this. uh, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, living in New York. Yes. And having such great neighbors. And this music came to be in New York. Uh-huh. Well, maybe we'll uh, say our fairly wells now. All right, then. Great. And okay, leave them great. with a little Larry Young. Larry Young with Tony Williams. Yeah. All right. My name is Mitch Goldman. The show's called Deep Focus. William Hooker, man, thank you so much. Mitch, you, thank you for inviting me. I have a different, a whole different perspective. I, I was enthralled with Larry Young when I walked in the door. I'm going to leave... He's gonna. He's at a whole higher level now because of my experience talking with you and listening to this music with you. You know, and that. and it's interesting because I I looked into YouTube and I saw many oh, of the things. Many yeah. of the things we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and um, folks out there, just please f- try and find out about this person. Um, as I said many many times, and I said it to Mitch, this is an innovator that was really so far ahead of his time that I can't say enough about it. If you listen to his evolution, listen to the music he's done, listen to the way he plays, listen to his spirit, listen to the spirit of the people that he played with and the people you may not know that he, he took them to another level. That's what a leader is supposed to do. And he did this, he did this and I was a witness to it and I was I was a witness to something in our culture, in our culture, that is dying. And um, all I can say is it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, and it still should be relished. I mean, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go to the dark side. No, and that's say, my this job. This is the end of everything. That's where no, I come in. No, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say, Mitch, <laughs> you you're even gonna go home. You're gonna put on some things. Mm. You really are. Well, you know what? I tell you, man, when I do go to that dark place, it is this music is one of the things that gives me the strength to carry on. Okay, then. Yeah. I got you, Mitch. Thank you so much. So this is uh, one of those great moments. There could be another one coming around the corner. If you walk out your door and go, you might find it. But on this night in 1969, it was at the Village Gate. Tony Williams' lifetime was creating a whole new yeah. planetary no doubt Revolution. about that. No doubt about that. No doubt. And along with him for the ride are Larry John McLaughlin on yeah. guitar and the subject of our deep focus, Larry Young, Larry Young. is the keyboard player on organist. organ, organist, yes. Hammond B3, the great Larry Young. This is WKCR. Deep focus. Deep focus. thinks I messed it up. I did not mess it up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
WKCR-FM New York. Keep it tuned for Late City Edition coming up right now. 